This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. everybody, it's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we got so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! That, we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, I will be attending a wedding in Los Angeles soon, which states that we are to, quote, dress your personality. While I have been to functions that state that we dress California casual, I've honestly never seen this one before. I'd love to know your thoughts. My thought is this is a great opportunity for a costume. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. I mean, that's definitely one path. I think, I mean, people, why are we picking dress codes that people don't know what they mean? Like, this is not helpful. The whole point of a dress code on an invitation is to actually make it easier on your guests. This does not make it easier. Oh, this is wide open. This is wide open. And also, do you really want your guests to dress their personality? Like, have you met your guests? <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't want all of these people dressing their personality. You want them to suppress their personality. A lot of them. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't want to give carte blanche just to like dress however. No. I think these are fun people. Carte blanche, be the most <laughs> you, the most you that you are capable of being. In your outfit. I mean, so if you are just a narcissist, you should dress in a wedding dress. You should arrive in a wedding dress. You should actually try to look better than the bride. That would that would be how you should arrive. I think that people are going to dress like uh, as pirates or... Oh, okay. Maybe somebody's like, I'm an anxious person. And then so like they sort of make like a, a very confused puzzle of some sort. <laughs> Okay. I don't even know what, what that would look like. That's It's open to interpretation. You know, you'd have to That's figure true. out how do I represent this? In an outfit. Yeah, there's no wrong answers. What if you have no personality? Do you just show up naked? Or you're wearing sort of a cloud. Okay, just gauze. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that given that this is the theme, I guess we need to still keep it within the world of wedding. I think I would want to emphasize the wedding part. So however you dress, whatever your personality is, I think we want to do it through the lens of wedding. And we also want to be mindful of what time of day this is, because your personality in the morning is a different wardrobe than like an evening personality wardrobe. So like, I think that matters. And then like, where is this? Is this at like the Chateau Marmont? Or is this like at Neptune's Net in Malibu? Like venue matters, I think. And then after that, I think with all of those factors, 
then just go in hard. Yeah, I mean, on some level, I do think you have license to like go big, right? This is a written permission slip. Because I think anybody who gives this as a dress code, they're not wanting subtle, right? They're not wanting you to show up in like, oh, just a tasteful Talbot's like two-piece sweater set. Like, that's not what's happening. No, they want you to have fun with your outfit. Well, or that's how I'm interpreting this. I can see a world in which our hosts are shocked when they see what their guests arrive in. And they're like, oh, we didn't anticipate our guests looking like this. What else could dress your personality mean? Um, It means go all in. There's no other yeah, reading. But I think whatever your personality is, like, let's say you're goth. Okay. Then it just needs to be wedding goth. And then it has to be evening wedding goth or afternoon garden party goth. So I think we just still need to have it within like the lens of the wedding, right? I like that. Right? Evening or an afternoon wedding goth. Yeah. And and I'm into that. I think that's great. What would you do? Dress my personality? Oh, what a question. Okay, let's assume this is an evening wedding in Los Angeles. And it's, uh, my personality is, um, I think I'm fun. Am I fun? I'm fun. Of course you're um, fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of want to be a little fun. I, I am classic though. I do like classic sort of tailoring and I, I like sort of a classic look, but with a little bit of a twist. So I think I would want to have a very nice, very fitted suit, but then I would want to make sure that like the cufflinks and like the studs are like some blingy something. And I would want to have a fun bow tie that maybe I made because I, I have a lot of bow ties that I've sewn myself. So maybe something that like it shows that I'm crafty. Wow. And then I would want to have like a coordinating pocket square that's like a pop. Uh, I think all those could be kind of fun. So my personality is like, um, I look better than you. That <laughs> Maybe that's my personality. <laughs> My personality is I look better than you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, I, maybe, I, is that wrong? I don't know. Uh, so maybe that's the, how I'd interpret this. What would you wear? Well, uh, this would give me an identity crisis. What is my personality? You know, it's so- Yeah, who are you? Who am I? It gets pulled from so many different- I, I like a little rock and roll. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I could definitely see you go in that direction. And then I also like, you know, my track suits with my white whites. Okay. I, I can see sort of a formal track suit. I can look see like from a you. formal track suit with like a little bit of rock and roll. Okay. I mean, I would love to go to this wedding now. This seems like a really good time. Well, letter writer, go take pictures, report back, let us know how wild this gets. I assume that we're right, but if we're not, Please let us know what they meant by dress your personality. Yeah, I mean, how could we not be right? Here? How could that not be? I mean, right? Right. So let us know. So our next question is, quote, what should you do if you see a stranger trip and fall in public? Obviously, if the person is elderly or seems hurt, I would offer to help. But what if the only consequence is that the fall is embarrassing? In these situations, I'm tempted to immediately look away out of politeness. I know I'd be mortified if I fell and people were staring at me or trying to talk to me. So would you advise that I simply pretend not to see the fall? Or should I go out of my way to ask the fallen person if they're okay? This is such a good question. This is an interesting question. Yes, because I've never actually thought about it in this way. Uh, so it's interesting to like walk through the thinking process. I've actually, I always went and checked on people. Yeah. And then I was out of town and I was with two friends and a man, an adult man fell. And I went over and was like, are you okay? And he sort of brushed me off. And my friend said to me, if somebody's not hurt, you shouldn't run over to them. It embarrasses them. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, I can see that sentiment, but I guess the question is, how would you know if they're hurt or not? How could I tell if they were hurt or not? Right. I don't want to embarrass somebody, but I'm, I was worried that they were hurt. Yeah, and so I think I would rather err on the side of caution and just find out. Uh, and I would much rather embarrass someone than like ignore someone who's hurt, like given those choices. Also, it's not embarrassing to fall. I fall all the time. <laughs> I took a real big one on the corner of Hollywood uh, which is a, ve- uh, you know, a Hollywood Boulevard, very busy. I was wearing the slip-on like Adidas shoes. Okay. It was my first time out with them and I wasn't really aware of how slippery they were on the bottom. And I came around the corner with Lacey Jane. She was at a trot and uh, my feet just, I went down. Okay. Down hard. And people came over. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't want to live in a world in which we just sort of ignore people who may be in distress. Like, I don't think that's a direction we want to head in as a society. And yeah, I don't think we want to embarrass people, but, you know, health and safety always comes first. And so, like, you know, uh, let them be momentarily embarrassed. But I think if you also ask, like, oh, are you okay? In a tone that's not judgmental. Yeah. Which is like, wow, you're clumsy. Are you okay? That looked ridiculous. Like, don't say that. That doesn't look like the first time you did that. Uh, Yeah, I feel like it's totally fine. Now, I think if somebody stumbles... You know, like we've all done that where like you stumble. And then of course we always like look back to see like, oh, what did I stumble over? I and, and it's like, oh, this person is like now walking away and is obviously like fine. I don't think we need to stop them. But it, certainly if somebody goes down, absolutely. Yes. And on that note, like another time I went down recently, um, <laughs> okay. I just needed a second to collect myself, you know? Yeah. No, it's definitely, it can be very like disorienting. So I said to the person who asked, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm totally fine. I just need a second. Yeah. And then I think, well, give that person a second because people are just regrouping. Yeah. I, I think you just want to use your best judgment based on how the situation is unfolding. But I think, you know, let's not use the risk of embarrassment as a reason not to extend help. So I think I'd rather feel embarrassed than totally alone. Yeah. I mean, also given the choices, like if you fell and even if you were okay and you saw somebody see you, you know that they saw you and they did nothing. That also doesn't feel great. Yeah, that doesn't feel great either. Right? So yeah, I think let's just not worry about embarrassment and just, yeah, see if somebody needs help. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So, Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. (laughs) Because as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift, and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right, because she's an antiques dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm-hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wild. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. 
now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors, you get new patterns, you recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn, it actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. So our next question is, quote, When paying at a counter with cash, do you put the cash on the counter or should you be placing it into the cashier's hand? I always sort of make sure my bills are unwrinkled and facing in the same direction. I think that's left over from waitressing. And I put it in their hand. Unless they're busy doing something else, then I put it on the counter. Okay. Now, I so rarely pay with cash anymore. Like, what is cash? What is this? That I actually purposely went to a coffee shop today to buy coffee and I use cash to see what was my instinct? How did this go down? And so it was a billion dollars because that's how much an Americano costs in New York City. And so I handed over a billion dollars in cash. So heavy, so heavy. <laughs> yeah, I had a whole briefcase. Um, no, it was like <laughs> it was like $4 in change. So I had a $5 bill. And so I took it out of my wallet and I kind of waited for the cashier to decide what is the dance. And also the amount of real estate available for counter space was like, None, because it was like all like things they were selling, and then there was like the credit card thing. So actually, there wasn't a great place to put the money that wouldn't require him to like lean over the cash register and like get to it. So I handed it to him, and his hand was also extending at the same time. So I thought, okay, that's what we're doing. And then he gave me change back in my hand, uh, and I felt like that exchange felt polite. So that's how that went down. But. There are lots of places in the world in which that is not how that goes down. So I do want to just highlight that like in Asia, Japan especially, you do not hand money to people directly. You always use a little tray that is going to be pretty much at every place you pay for things. So always use the tray. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of cultural reasons why we don't hand money to people directly in Japan. But point being, there's always this little tray. It always has like a weird little texture nubby bottom to make it easier to grab coins. And you put your money in the tray and then you slide the tray over to the person and then they take the money out of the tray. And then when they give you change, they put the change in the tray and then they slide the tray to you. And then that's how that works. Also, Japan, a lot of cash still in that society. Definitely still a cash-based society in a lot of places. So that's also interesting. But I think this is a fun question. I think it's a very fun question. I think in the United States, it is, I think, more polite to hand money to someone directly. Because the alternative is to put it on a counter and we don't have trays in the United States like they do in Japan. That's not very common at like the gas station. And so just like to plop cash down on the counter and then like make them reach for it or you're like sliding money across the counter, like that doesn't seem as elegant. And getting change off a counter is always... Also that, I think that's rude. Yeah, now we have to like slide the coins off the edge. Or we have to slide like- it. It's a whole thing. And I do think it's nice to make the bills not the worst they could be when you hand them over. 
Right, yeah. I mean, I think actually you can tell a lot about a person and their relationship with money with how they organize the money in their wallet. So if all the bills are facing in the same direction, are all flat, and are all in numerical order, that is a very different person than the person who has it all just like wadded in in any order in a ball. And I think that's always very interesting. Like, oh, how is the money organized in your wallet? And there's those of us right in the middle where maybe in the wallet it's... uh come as you are, but uh-huh. when you hand it out, it gets organized. Oh, I see. So you kind of have a money mullet. It's a party <laughs> in the wallet, but it's all business when you're handing it over. That's Yes, I have a money mullet. <laughs> okay. Just want to clarify. So our next question is, quote, my friend who works outside the home was introduced to a group of women who, when asked what they do, stated, I work, but I don't have to clearly meaning that their husbands make plenty of money to support them. I'd be interested in your thoughts. And Leah has no thoughts, so next question. Yeah, this doesn't seem like something I would have thoughts on at all. (laughs) I mean, what do we do with this? What do we do with this? I would like to say for the record, could also mean that they have, maybe they retired early because they invented the Muppet. Oh, okay. So I work, but I don't have to because I invented a as-seen-on-TV hair styling tool. Okay. I mean, if that's the case, then no problem. But our letter writer feels like it's just that their husbands make plenty of money to support them. That is our letter writer's theory about why they're saying it in this way. I just wanted to open up the I work, but I don't have to Mm -hmm. in case they did invent the Muppet. And just for our (laughs) listeners who may not be familiar with the Bumpet, uh, do you want to describe what the Bumpet is and does and achieves? Uh, yeah, it's uh, you put it on the top of your head so you can have mm-hmm. a bit of a, um, what is this word that I'm doing with my hand that they can't see? Like a pompadour? Like a pompadour up front. Yes, it creates volume where otherwise you may not have that volume. And you can choose to have the volume at the front, in the middle, in the back. You just bump it. You just bump it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is brought to you by Bump It. So uh, if you were the inventor of Bump It, uh, you made a lot of money. And so you do not have to work, and yet you still choose to. Okay, that is a theory, but presumably, maybe that's not what's happening here. I think that that way you could say, they say, oh, I work, but I don't have to. You could say, oh, did you invent the bump it? Uh, that's a great follow-up. Yeah. And then they, then they would <laughs> specify, oh, no, I meant. Oh, I just meant that my husband is very wealthy and uh, takes <laughs> care of all this. And you're like, oh, I just needed you to clarify. I didn't, I didn't get it. But I guess the real question is like, why did our letter writer write us about it? Like, why did this catch their eye? And I guess it does feel like a little bit of a boast. It feels a little tactless, right? It's a little insensitive because there are some of us who don't have that luxury. The thing is, is that I'm going to trot this out. I would be more comfortable with someone saying, oh, I don't have to work. And I'd be like, oh, or, hey, I made the bump it. I retired. I'm on an island. And I'd go, wow. As opposed to somebody going, I play it working. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I guess for me, what bothers me is like the, I don't have to do it. And that makes me a better person than you because you do have to do it. I guess it's it's that I'm better than you is the flavor I get from this. Yeah, I get that flavor as well. Right. I mean, we, is there a way we could read this without without it being that? I don't know. I would have trouble not not giggling if somebody said that to me. I work, but I don't have to. I would just, I would sort of be like, how fun. How fun. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, what do you say? How nice. How nice. 
I also think like the friend who was meeting them wasn't like, how do you pay your bills? That wasn't the question. The question is they're trying to have small talk, you know? Right. What do you do with your days? Nice meeting you. What do you do? Right. Oh, I work, but I don't have to. I don't care who's signing your checks. I I was just trying to have a back and forth on what, how we spend our time. Right. Yeah. I, and I guess it's just, it, it was something to volunteer that was not needed to be volunteered. Like we didn't have to mention that part, which is like the work I do is optional. <laughs> the work I do is optional. But yeah, I mean, it is like I work, but I don't have to. It's optional. It's totally optional. No obligation. Or... We could do this this uh, this new thing that I just thought of right now where somebody says that and you just take it like they said it with absolutely no, no uh, feelings or emotions or judgment attached to it. They're just giving us the facts. They work, but they don't have to. And you say, cool, I work, I have to. Yeah, and then I think we just move on. Yeah, I guess that's what we do. Or you could be like, amazing, what's that like? I've always had to work, tell me everything. okay. I mean, if you could land that in a way that didn't sound the way that just sounded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess that's how you would respond. But yeah, I think the idea of putting people down, which is kind of what this is, because they have to work, which is uh, most of us, you know, it's just like, I don't, yeah, I, I could see why our letter writer wasn't thrilled by this exchange. I wouldn't be thrilled. Yeah. So there you are. Those are our thoughts. So our next thing is a bonkers. Bonkers! And it's quote, myself and six coworkers met up with our boss for a team meeting in another state. My boss, let's call her Lisa, brought her assistant who became her chauffeur for these few days. After a meeting at our hotel, we agreed to meet at a particular restaurant at 7 p.m. And her assistant made a reservation. The group of us seven coworkers leave to drive there, and the assistant says that she and the boss will be right behind us. She confirms the name the reservation is under in case we get there first. The seven of us arrive, give the name of the reservation, and are seated at a large table on the left side of the restaurant. We wait about 15 minutes, and then we reach out to the assistant by text, confirming that they are on their way. She says yes, they just pulled up, so we order appetizers. We realize another 15 minutes has gone by and they're not there, so we text again. And she says they're seated in the restaurant and asks where we are. We tell her and confirm that we're all at the same and correct location, and we confirm that we gave the correct name when asking for the reservation. We tell her, can you and the boss come and find us since we have a large table and have already ordered drinks and appetizers? A few minutes pass and she texts back, Lisa says she's waited for you long enough. We're leaving. As if to say, this is all our fault. So rather than come find us, she chooses to leave her entire team at a restaurant. Needless to say, we all stayed and had a lovely dinner, not having to endure any additional time with our boss. We have a meeting the next morning, and absolutely nothing is said to any of us to acknowledge what occurred the previous evening. Bonkers. (laughs) This is great. This is so great. I love when people do bad things and then double down. Like, what a great thing. I I would be, I would be like chomping at the bit to be like, are you not going to say anything? Also, what is the other side of this story? There is no other side of this story. Like, I arrive at the restaurant after you. You're already seated. The restaurant, for some reason, sat me somewhere else. So I don't know how that happened. But we don't want to solve the problem, which felt very easy to solve. It was just easier to just like leave it a huff. I guess so. We've waited for you for too long. We're leaving. Oh, but we've been over here waiting three times as long. <laughs> right. 
I mean, I think what is interesting is that like Lisa thinks that she's like getting one over on her team, which is like, oh, I'm going to leave. I'll show you. And the team is going to have a nice night, even better now. So if you were trying to make a point, I don't know. I think the team actually enjoyed the fact that you left. I would have trouble speaking to this person and not be like, can we just discuss what happened at the restaurant? I don't understand. <laughs> well, what is there to say? I know. But I mean, I, they'd be like, hey, can I have this whatever from you? And you'd be like, can you just explain why you abandoned us? <laughs> yeah. Well, the assistant on some level, I think the assistant's actually the problem here. I wonder if actually the assistant did something messed up and threw the team under the bus. And instead of getting in trouble with Lisa, I wonder, oh. I, that just came to me as I was reading this. I wonder if the real etiquette crime here is the assistant. Mm. Maybe the assistant actually accidentally booked a meal at a different like restaurant. It was like El Cantonero instead of El Cantonori. And the assistant didn't realize their mistake until they were seated at this other restaurant. Yeah, but they went to this restaurant and there was a reservation. Right. So then did the assistant go somewhere else? I mean, okay. I mean, there's still some mystery here. There's still some mystery. But I just wonder like, oh, I mean, Lisa's obviously a problem. But is the assistant also a problem? Because I feel like our letter writer is giving the assistant a bit of a pass here. And I wonder like, oh, is that actually correct? I don't know. Now that you've pointed it out, it seems like the assistant's right? a huge red flag. That did not occur to me earlier, but now that I am thinking this, now I'm going to not stop thinking about this and I'm going to get obsessed. Or this Lisa is just extremely who she is and then the assistant's caught in the crossfire. Yes. I mean, that's possible. We would that's have to see possible. if there's been other, other moments. Right. I mean, this is a data point of one. So it's hard to plot a graph with just one data point. Yes. That's true. But it does, because it's so insane. What an insane thing. What to an be insane like, thing. That it just feels like, oh, there must be some other very material detail for why Lisa and the assistant did what they did in a way that they could justify to themselves as being rational. Because we all have to like tell ourselves some sort of story that makes sense to us. Because like, we don't want to actively be rude for rude sake. Like all of us like, you know, tell ourselves a story for why what we're doing is okay. So like, what was the story they were telling themselves for why this was okay? And that I don't know if I feel that I understand at this moment. And also so weird that we never saw them. We never saw them in the restaurant. That's why I'm like, oh, I feel like there was some mishap. Were they even this... in the restaurant? Now that you put that in my head. Right? Was it a different restaurant? Right? So there's something there. Did the assistant not even ever bring the boss? Whoa. Was it a whole ruse? Is there a boss? Is the assistant actually Lisa? <laughs> Have we actually ever seen the assistant and Lisa in the same room? That's a good question. <laughs> My brain just exploded. So, do you have any other good questions for us? Anything bonkers, a vent, a repent, an etiquette crime? We'll take it all. So, please send it to us. Send it to us through our website, wherearaisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So, Leah, 
What show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives. Then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person. Very confident mm -hmm. woman. Wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.